It's time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. Thank you so much for listening on a, uh, at least here, for, and for the most part, everywhere. Sunny day. Uh, finally, after a pretty chilly one yesterday, we'll have a pretty nice day. Today should be a nice day at the State Fair, and uh, we can get that information firsthand. Shaley Peters and Susan Littlefield are with us. It's pretty nice there today. I ended up finally taking my sweatshirt off. It's been a beautiful morning. I was out here at 6 a.m. with the Nebraska State Patrol working out. Well, yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure you were working out, but I, I saw you've taken pictures anyway. It did yeah. look nice. Well, I did run from one block to the other so I could catch them when they came around the corner. That's got to count for something. Absolutely. That's uh, that's uh, so more than I did this morning, so I'll there give you go. credit for that. There I'll give go. you credit for that. What do you got going on today? Well, we're going to start out the day kicking off some happenings of some vendors that are here showcasing some Nebraska works. We'll get more on that at 12.13. Then I step in at 12.19 with an update on what's been happening in the livestock. And Brandy actually got a little teary-eyed. Both of us got a little emotional as she started talking about some things that are happening with 4-Hers. Nice. And at 12.45, Don Bacon comes in, Congressman Bacon, uh, kind of... Even though he's a Republican, maybe put a little heat on the White House with some comments that he made in regards to not only USMCA, but what's been going on with the ethanol waivers as well. All right. And then I'll jump in at 117. Uh, so for those who are unaware, 150 years, not only for the State Fair this year, but for the university as well. And uh, Kathleen Lodel is going to be joining us with some of the history of uh, what's happened over the 150 years. Kind of neat that they both coincide. It's a big uh, celebration all around the fair, and she's going to give us some of the history um, and some of the partnerships over the years between the university and the state fair and uh, some of those things that have taken place and how they're celebrating this year. So that'll about wrap up uh, from the farm team as far as midday is concerned. Absolutely beautiful. I venture to say probably the nicest day of the state fair yet, but otherwise. I would guess. Yeah, I would guess that was true. All right, well, thank you very much, ladies. I appreciate it. Have fun. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Scott. All right, we turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. Countdown continues as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, a couple of Huskers been suspended indefinitely. Uh-oh. They're not named Maurice Washington. Okay, all right, all right. I, just, I don't want... Everybody held their breath. <laughs> don't do that to us. All right. So, uh, redshirt freshman, a couple of guys got in trouble. We'll yeah. let you know uh, what's on that. Not a couple of key guys okay. to the team, but okay. uh, just one of the... Thank Clarify. Thanks. Also, we'll hear from new Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman about some of the growing pains maybe they might have to deal with, especially on Saturday as they kick off the season against Nickel State. Anytime you bring in a new coaching staff, mm-hmm, right. I mean, the, the first year is always a little rough. Terminology, all kinds of stuff. Where you're supposed to go for practice, it gets crazy. So We'll touch on all of that. Also, news broke yesterday that the Kansas City Royals are up for sale, maybe a local owner purchasing that franchise, a billion dollars. Mm. David Glass and his associates bought the team about 19 years ago for $96 million. Wow. And now they're looking to turn that, flip that thing for a billion dollars. Well, they cleaned it up nicely. It's, uh, it's ready to be you flipped. Know, a couple World Series appearances. Yeah, that's right. A surprising World Series title, and there you go. All right. Thank you so much, Bob Brogan. What do we got going on in stocks? Stocks are up on Wall Street as gains for banks and healthcare companies offset losses in the technology sector. States and local governments are in talks to settle lawsuits over the prescription painkiller OxyContin. 
And the uh, Nebraska Department of Transportation is kicking around the idea of starting a bus service between Lincoln and Omaha. All more right. on that and more. All of that coming up on Midday. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. The storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listening area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there to alert you to any significant weather events and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south looking at Interstate 80 and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, waters over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880 KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And Paul Perkins in studio with us. Pretty nice day out there. Yes, uh, back to normal as far as our temperatures go for today. That's after a chilly night last night. It got down into the upper 30s in the northern part of the Nebraska Panhandle. Shadron with our state low at 39. There were some locations in central Nebraska like Ord getting down to 45. So it was a bit of a chill in some areas uh, depending on what your uh, criteria is for some chilly weather. But chilly by any basis, I guess, for this time of year. But going to be headed for a warming and drying trend for a while, but weather's going to be turning unsettled as we head towards the end of the week here. So real brief uh, warm-up here, and then the cold front, powerful cold front comes through. Yeah, exactly, and it could uh, it's going to be lingering through our area and possibly bringing in the potential for some heavy rain. Grand Island looking at the potential here of seeing their wettest month ever in recorded weather history for Grand Island, and that dates back to weather records into the 1880s for oh, Grand Island. Yeah. This month is already the wettest August on record, but if we get this heavy rain Friday night like we were thinking, Grand Island will have the wettest month ever mm. in the town there Crazy. at the Grand Island Airport. Wow. Right now we do have temperatures in the upper 60s to low 70s for the most part. Do have some mid-70s as you head towards southeast Nebraska and into eastern Kansas. Just a few patchy clouds in central Nebraska from about Loop City and Ravenna down through Kearney, Hastings, then into north central Kansas towards Red Cloud, also Superior, and the Mankato area. But otherwise, wall-to-wall sunshine across the area. Sunshine and warmer today. Those temperatures seasonal. We're getting on the backside of an area of high pressure that's tracking off towards the east. So some warmer winds out of the south helping in the warm-up. Lows tonight, not as chilly as what we saw this morning. Humidity will be higher, but still on the comfortable side. Tomorrow going to be our warmest of the next seven days, and actually summer-like, slightly above normal on the temperatures tomorrow, just ahead of that strong cold front that will be moving through the region. The forecast does turn wetter and cooler when that cold front pushes south for tomorrow night and then stalls out. That's going to set up a scenario of a rainy and unseasonably cool day on Friday, increasing moisture for Friday night, bringing about the potential for more heavy rain on into Saturday morning. And once again, that could put Grand Island over the top, most likely put Grand Island over the top for the rainiest month ever. Sunday and beyond will be drier and warmer as the ridge of high pressure starts to build in. In the latest long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are likely to be mostly cooler than normal Tuesday through the 10th of September. Temperatures will be closer to seasonal the middle of next week. 
For rainfall, the outlook starts with drier than normal to below normal rainfall in the middle of next week in Nebraska and Kansas. Then expecting above normal rainfall by next weekend through September 10th. Weather factors affecting the market trade include continued cool weather, slowing the crop development, but no hard freeze threat yet, and possible tropical moisture by this long weekend into the southeast. Near or below normal temperatures will continue in most areas from the plains eastward. The next five days, rainfall in excess of 2 inches will be confined to the southern Atlantic, central plains, and parts of the northeast. The Midwest cool pattern will at times keep development of crops slower than usual over the next 3 to 5 days. There will be a brief warm-up in the Midwest before more cool weather 6 to 10 days from now. The Midwest crops will benefit from recent rain and at least some warm weather in that 7-day period. In the Northern Plains, mostly favorable moisture for filling corn and soybeans is expected, but with crop development well behind normal, wet, cool conditions in eastern areas of the Canadian prairies will be unfavorable for maturing crops and likely delay early harvest Cool weather will at times slow crop development in the Canadian prairies. A significant freeze, though, is not expected in the next five to seven days across the Canadian prairies. Tropical Storm Dorian will continue to approach U.S. territories in the Caribbean, possibly crossing Puerto Rico. Dorian is forecast to reach hurricane strength and approach or reach the Florida east coast with landfall possible by Monday. Still some uncertainty, though, regarding the intensity of Dorian upon reaching the southern Atlantic coast. It's been kind of interesting to watch that because originally they were thinking it was going to go over the Dominican and kind of break up a little bit. Exactly, because the territory, the landscape there in the Dominican Republic and uh, Haiti, very rough and mountainous, so yeah, it might fall apart, but now it's trending more towards the oceans. And Took a right and, uh, yeah. So. Picking up on some moisture and warmth there. Be interesting hurricane season. Could be could be pretty busy. Exactly. So, all right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? KRBN.com. The pinnacle for 4-H's showing livestock happens this weekend at the Nebraska State Fair. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Brandy Schultz is a 4-H educational engagement coordinator through the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. We talked about the works that have gone into getting ready for this weekend's 4-H Nebraska State Fair shows. So as soon as the 2018 Nebraska State Fair was over, our, our 4-H educators and our superintendents were already writing down things we can change for 2019 and getting our fair books revised. Then come December, our counties are having weigh-ins where they're they're setting up December December 4th as as early as it went 2018 where people were lining up getting their weighs uh, weights put in, their EID tax put in their cattle. You know, animals were hitting the ground in the spring, and so our young people were doing the record keeping and, and getting the everything prepared just so they can get ready for their county level fair, then also for the Nebraska State Fair. So we had big deadlines. June 15th was a big deadline for us where all these young people had to go online and put their information in the system um, so that way they can um, have their animals ready to go when they uh, come here this weekend. Well, and it's such an exciting time because they've worked so hard for these projects. It's their time to shine. And that's what I think I love about the Nebraska State Fair because it doesn't matter your ribbon placing. Each kid has achieved something by making it here. Oh, absolutely. I always think way way beyond the actual physical show aspect, right? This is what the, the community sees, what the state sees, the people see, the young people in, in the ring, um, you know, guiding their animal in a circle, making eye contact with the judge, but it's so much more than that. I take it back to just the hard work 
at the farm. They're doing chores. They're working with their families. They're counting on their siblings to say, hey, I have basketball practice. Can you do chores for me? It's just the, the work ethic that they build and the responsibility. It's the, it's the life skills. So when I see these young people in the ring, I don't see them in the ring showing. I see them growing up, becoming great leaders. You know, I think two of my favorite levels in 4-H at State Fair are those first-time 4-Hers who are now finally old enough to go into that show ring and then that aging out 4-Her who has just seen, a, you know, a great year go by. Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. You're actually making me emotional because even I was a 10-year 4-Her and, and seeing the emotion of the families, the excitement. Well, first off, Let's talk about the nerves. So our first-time oh. families are so nervous. They want to make sure they're doing everything right. You know, they want to give a great experience to their 10-year-olds. Um, but then when they walk out of the ring, the emotion that the parents have with their children, they're hugging them, they're embracing them, they're high-fiving, they're applauding them for their for their confidence of being in the ring, um, their hard work, because it really is that is that caption, uh, or capstone, I should say, at the end of that time. And then also, to you know, our, our youth that are aging out. You know, it's the last time they're going to be in the Nebraska State Fair ring as a 4-H'er. And it's emotional. I mean, I said I get emotional thinking about it. I get emotional seeing families go through that process. And uh, it's a it's a, um, a memory that they're always going to have. Well, and you definitely see that. And, you, and I love the interaction that they have with the superintendents, with the, with the staff from UNL's extension. No matter what county they're in, it's like they're all your kids at that moment in the ring. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. When you walk in, I mean, if you think about it, they're all wearing the same color shirt. We all know, for example, they're all showing lambs. They're all showing goats. They're all showing beef. They're all showing rabbits. So they're all here in, in the same um, content level, but we take care of everyone, right? It doesn't matter if you're from Merrick, if you're from Sioux County, if you're from Richardson. Uh, we come from Nebraska, and we're all here to support our Nebraska 4-H youth. Comments with Brandy Scholes. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Timely, authoritative, and dependable. That's KRVN News. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob Brogan. Greater Nebraska's biggest newsroom brings you local and regional news on the half hour. I'm Dave Schroeder. Fox News at the top and breaking news on demand. From the Rural Radio Network, I'm Tyler Cavalli. Program 880 in every car, at work or at home, or listen all day online at krvn.com or by downloading our free KRVN app. Time for us to take a look at sports. Jason Jorgensen in here with me on this Tuesday, or Wednesday. Are we on a Wednesday? I believe it's Wednesday, but it has felt like a day ahead all week it to me. Yes, It's weird. It's just one of those weeks, I guess. Well, the Huskers, though, know what week it is, and uh, some what we would call teachable moments going on early on here in camp. That's a, way, a good way to put it. Offensive coordinator Troy Walters made an announcement following practice today that a pair of redshirt freshmen, wide receiver Andre Hunt and tight end Katarian Legroni, are suspended from team activities indefinitely. Now, as usual, Walters declined an opportunity to talk more about the situation, just saying the Huskers plan to handle the matter internally. Yesterday, defensive coordinator Eric Chenander handed out black shirts to members of the defense. On Saturday, the Huskers open up the year against South Alabama, and Chenander breaks down the challenge. New quarterback. A lot of these kids, with me being in Alabama recruiting, I've had the chance to see live. Uh, I know their quarterback's a heck of an athlete that can really throw the football. Uh, he's a big kid. Cephas, but you know they have a really nice scheme, uh, some really difficult things to defend, 
and I think they have some good athletes running around. So it's going to be it's going to be a good first game for us to to get a lot of a lot of things fit up correctly. And, and Saturday's game will kick off at eleven. Of course, we will bring it to you on eight eighty KRVN. Kansas State not only opens up the season this Saturday, but also debuts its new coaching staff and a new scheme as well. New head coach Chris Kleiman shares his thoughts on the opening night growing pains that might happen against Nichols State. You always worry about it in the first game. I think everybody does from false starts to delay of games to somebody jumping off sides to just having to call timeout because we don't have something right. We've, we've tried to you know, replicate as many of those things as we can in practice, but there's going to be some anxiety, uh, and so some kids are going to make mistakes. But uh, I also know that I don't want to take that excitement away. I don't want to take that uh, emotion away of that first game, and, and so we're going to learn from those things and, and continue to be teaching moments. Kleiman was named head coach at Kansas State back in December. He capped off his five-year stint as head coach at North Dakota State by winning his fourth national championship in 2018 and was a part of all seven of that school's national championships the most in FCS history. So he knows how to win. The 11th-ranked UNK volleyball team hosts its annual Blue Gold scrimmage tonight. That starts at 6. That event will consist of four sets to 25 points as they divide up the two teams to create an even matchup. Of course, UNK is coming up that big upset of Wyoming and Cheyenne. Uh, Saturday night. Also, Scott, tonight will be the first night that fans can swing on by and check out the new TerraFlex court that went down last week. And I don't know if folks have seen the video of that or not, but looks cool. Pretty sweet. That's <laughs> that's as nice of a court as uh, anyone has around here. So that'll be neat. That'll be neat. So uh, and, you know, it'll be interesting how the the girls come off of that win against Wyoming. If I'm sure Coach Squires have to keep the he'll keep them pretty. He will keep them grounded, but that was uh, certainly a great way to begin their year. Good starting point. For sure. That's a check of sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jurgens. Thank you, Jason. Time for us to take a look at our news and see what's going on around our area, and we bring in Bob Brogan for that. Madison Valley Public Schools in Curtis has received notice from the Frontier County Sheriff's Office and the Nebraska State Patrol that an arrest has been made overnight in the social media threat investigation from Tuesday. That information is according to a post on the Madison Valley Public Schools Facebook page. With the arrest, the threat situation apparently has been resolved. School is being held today on a regular schedule with normal building access. Buses are running accordingly. Sports practices will be held today at the regular times. Frontier County Sheriff's Office, with the assistance of the Nebraska State Patrol and several other law enforcement agencies, has arrested a juvenile for making a threatening social media post toward Medicine Valley School. Tuesday morning, August 27th, Medicine Valley School was made aware of social media posts that included a threat of violence against the people of the school. Frontier County Sheriff's Office responded and worked to secure the school. Several other agencies assisted in various aspects of the investigation, which led investigators to arrest a 14-year-old female. The juvenile was cited for making terroristic threats. A probation assessment determined that the juvenile could remain at home following the arrest. The investigation revealed that no other person was involved in the creation of the threats. There is no safety concern at the school at this time. Frontier County Sheriff's Office was assisted by the Nebraska State Patrol, Nebraska Information Analysis Center, North Platte Police Department, McCook Police Department, Lincoln County Sheriff's Office, and the FBI. 
A Hitchcock County couple died in a car-train collision at a rural crossing east of McCook in Red Willow County. That collision occurred shortly before 4.30 p.m. Tuesday when the driver of a four-door 2002 Mercury Grand Marquis was northbound across the tracks and failed to stop for an eastbound BNSF freight train. The crash occurred approximately three and a half miles east of McCook at Road 716. It was determined the couple had been in a farm store and as they were leaving had to head north across the railroad tracks to get back on the county road. The driver, 86-year-old Rose Marie Kogel and her passenger, 88-year-old Clemens Kogel of Colbertson, were deceased at the scene. They were husband and wife next of kin have been notified. Red Willow County Sheriff Alan Kochwar says his agency was assisted at the scene of the crash by the Nebraska State Patrol, Red Willow Western Rural Fire Department, McCook City Ambulance and Fire Department, Indianola Fire and Rescue, and the McCook Police Department. Police say a 22-year-old girl died after her dad ran over her. A 22-month-old girl died after her dad ran over her as he pulled his vehicle into a driveway in southeast Omaha. Officers and medics were sent to the residence a little before 7.15 p.m. Tuesday. Police say Rosalinda Lopez-Tino had lost her balance and fallen as she walked toward the driveway and was run over by her father, 28-year-old Domingo Chahal Gomez. Police say she died shortly after being taken to Nebraska Medical Center. A police investigation is continuing. That's a check of the news. I'm Bob Brogan. One urban congressman is all about agriculture. Good afternoon from the Nebraska State Fair. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Yesterday, Congressman Don Bacon stopped by our booth here at the State Fair to talk to me about agriculture, more specifically some frustrations he's having from the White House when it comes to ethanol and USMCA. Well, the USMCA should be the number one legislative priority when we get back. Unfortunately, Speaker Pelosi's not sure she wants to do it. It's for political reasons, not for the good of the country, frankly. Uh, we, the country needs USMCA. Every change made to NAFTA was made to our nation's benefit. And our farmers and our agribusiness, which we have lots in Omaha, uh, trade is the number one and number two trade partners is Canada and Mexico. And we want to provide that predictability and do that. But I would even say more strategic, China's waiting to see how Speaker Pelosi and how our bipartisan or lack of it affects these trade agreements. And if they see that we're unified with USMCA, with Japan, with the EU, China, it gives us more leverage against China. And so this playing hardball, playing politics with USMCA hurts our country. It strengthens China's hand, and it needs to stop. Right? Prime, or Trudeau from Canada says this is the most important thing that we can do for him. And he's close to Speaker Pelosi, and she may not be doing it for our country, but I hope she at least listens to her friend Trudeau, because it needs to happen. So what kind of reaction is Congressman Bacon seeing from folks as they talk about USMCA? Well, there's anger, and I, I can, I've seen it here at the State Fair, that Washington, D.C. is not getting the pain that's going out in rural, rural Midwest, Nebraska, all over the, the Midwest here. And we're not getting the pain uh, in D.C., but it's because people are playing politics. They're not doing what's best for the country. And Speaker Pelosi's offered no reasons why she's not bringing it on the floor. It really comes down to she just want to give Trump a victory. But the 
from coast to coast, we we got to get this done. Uh, our trade with Canada and Mexico uh, is so vital, and we cannot be uh, just kicking the we can't be kicking this down the field and doing what we're doing. So if China sees us get this agreement with USMCA or get our bipartisan act together in Washington, and then they see what we're doing with Japan. We're making some strides with Indonesia, the EU, and, and beyond that. I'm, we're going to bring out a trade team up from Qatar is our plans, and I'm hof- hopefully India here uh, down the road. But when China sees this, they know that our, our hand strengthened, and they're going to meet us, be more quick to meet us. Uh, we have to deal with China. One percent of our GDP is stolen or undermined by China, the way they take our intellectual secrets using cyber intelligence and cyber uh, downloading us through the cyber me- cyber means there, but also through predatory uh, economics where they buy our our companies, take the secrets, and they get rid of all the people. We can't accept that. And so we've had to deal with them, and I'm glad that President Trump is doing so. But the best way to, to deal with China is to show strong ties, economic ties with other countries to show China that we don't need them. And even though he's a Republican, Congressman Bacon said he's turning up the heat on the president. I'm calling on the president. He's got to get this ethanol and this waiver stuff figured out. I mean, the left hand saying we're going to support ethanol, E15, no waivers. Then the right hand over here in EPA are doing all these waivers. And the farmers in the agriculture uh, business here in Nebraska, they deserve better. When we commit to doing something, the administration needs to follow through. And uh, it was not right what we're seeing with these these waivers. So uh, we're, we're going to work hard and, and push back on the White House to get this right. Uh, we have to have a what I call a synchronized policy, not a disjointed policy on this. And what about the White House saying they were surprised with the reaction from rural America? It sounds like they were, but they should not have been. Uh, we have been wanting a strong ethanol policy, or at least make a policy and stick with it. And ethanol, we're the, you know, Nebraska's the number two exporter of ethanol, and it's very important to our, you know, our economy. And when the administration commits to E15 year-round and no more waivers, we count on it. And so I know what's happened there. There's two different interests in the White House. You have your agriculture interests, and you have folks that deal with your uh, oil and, and gas industry from uh, Louisiana and Texas. So there's a little bit of push and pull. But they should have been able to sit down and say, this is our policy. Everybody get on board. And so we're gonna, we call on the White House to do that. And Congressman Bacon isn't letting the grass grow under his feet during this August recess. Well, we've been doing between four, five, six events a day normally. I did take three or four days off of the family. I got to take a little vacation time. But beyond that, we've worked hard. And I probably have talked to roughly four to 5,000 people uh, in small groups or groups of slightly bigger groups. And I think we've done about four or five hours of radio. <laughs> so that's one, another way to reach. And we done did a town hall out in uh, Waterloo where they had all that flooding. We wanted to recognize the great work that our first responders did there in Waterloo. Uh, so but we're prepared to go back on 9, on 9 September and got to start working again. But for me, the number one thing I have to work on when I get back is on the armed services work because we have the House bill and the Senate bill, and we have to get a good bill out of the Congress, reconcile those two bills together, because we have about $1.3 billion dollars Right now, in the House side, designated for Offutt, we got to make sure that we get that done and signed by the president. My conversation with Congressman Don Bacon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. A year's worth of hard work culminates this weekend at the Nebraska State Fair. Join KRVN online for a special live stream event. 
View live coverage of the Champion Selection shows and the Parade of Champions this Sunday and Monday on Facebook and at krvn.com. Our broadcasts are brought to you by Rod's Power Sports, Nebraska's only Honda powerhouse dealer. Find them at the fair across from the beer tent and always on Saltillo Road, Lincoln. Time for us to take a look at business and see what's going on uh, around the markets and in stocks so far today. Uh, as we look at the overnight quickly in Japan, the Nikkei index was up 23. The Hang Seng in Hong Kong was up 48. The London FTSE was up 38. And the German DAX index was up 28.9. So almost, or excuse me, it was down 29. Here in the United States, the uh, markets are up again. So we go up, down, up, down. It seems like recently the Dow Jones Industrial Average is in uh, New York was up to, is up 204 at this point. The NASDAQ is up 20 and the S&P index is up 15 right now. We got Bob Rogan in here for a little more. Well, stocks have been rising today as gains for banks and healthcare companies offset the losses in the tech sector. Wells Fargo climbing 1.7% in midday trading today, and United Health Group added 2.4%. Investors are continuing to move money into U.S. government bonds, driving long-term bond yields further below short-term ones. The so-called inversion of the U.S. yield curve is a rare phenomenon that has correctly predicted previous recessions. Autodesk plunged 9% after the software company slashed its full-year forecast. States and local governments are talking to settle lawsuits with the maker of the prescription painkiller OxyContin that is facing billions of dollars in potential liability for its role in the nation's opioid crisis. Suits filed by more than 2,000 state, local, and tribal governments have cast Purdue Pharma as a chief villain in the overdose crisis in the U.S. Toyota is recalling 191,000 cars in North America and Japan because the airbags may not inflate properly in a crash. The recall covers certain 2003 through 2008 Corolla compact sedans and 2005 through 2008 Matrix, Matrix hatchbacks. Toyota says the front passenger airbags in the cars were installed in prior recalls to replace dangerous Takata airbags, but in high temperatures the replacement bags may not unfold as designed increasing the risk of injury in a crash. Those are some of the stories that are making news today that we're following. All right. Thank you so much, Bob. When bad weather happens, you can rely on KRVM. We are your home for up-to-the-minute coverage of flooding. And a flooded south part of Kearney. Doesn't look like any of these roads are going to open anytime soon. Tornadoes. Three tornado warnings that are in effect right now, and two of them until 745. This storm that has spawned these tornadoes has now grown. And severe weather impacting our listening area. The southern part of this tornadic thunderstorm could be moving back through the Farnham area in the next few minutes as well. We will be there 
there to alert you to any significant weather events, and we can take you to the scene with our reporters for in-moment experiences. Where we have the drone right now, we're facing to the south, looking at Interstate 80, and literally right off as you head north into Kearney, this is why they have the interstate shut down, water's over the road, so they don't want folks driving through that, obviously. With our social media pages, you can find photos, videos, and interviews in real time. Check out krvn.com for podcasts, interviews, and news stories. 880-KRVN. We are who you rely on when bad weather happens. We're back from the 2019 Nebraska State Fair. I'm Shaylee Peters on the Rural Radio Network, and I get to visit here with Kathleen Lodel. She is the Associate Dean of Nebraska Extension, and you are a person that I have picked out. I've cherry-picked you a little bit. I've uh, haunted you down is what I said earlier, which sounds a little bit weird, but I wanted to visit with somebody. It is 150 years this year for not only the State Fair, but the university as well. And it is no coincidence that those are happening together and being celebrated at the same time. It has been a very fun State Fair so far. There's a lot that's happened. There's a lot that's going to happen, Kathleen. But I want you to take us back first. You obviously weren't there 150 years ago, but you know some of the history between the two. You know, Shaylee, it is so excited to be able to celebrate two such monumental institutions of our state at the same time celebrating 150 years. Wow, what what could be cooler in Nebraska? And, you know, think about um, 150 years ago, and you're right, I wasn't there. Um, <laughs> think how that must have been for the people of the state. We chartered your University of Nebraska in February of that year. And so that was exciting. That was monumental. That was great insight on the people who were around to make that decision then. And then think in August, September of that same year, Nebraskans were able to celebrate their first ever state fair. How cool was that? It kind of gives me goosebumps to think about it. And the insight uh, that the people had then and the leaders of our state. You know, I'm sure it wasn't easy, and I'm sure there were lots of unknowns, and I'm sure they never even thought about how that would look 150 years later. But due to their insight, due to their vision, due to their chutzpah, um, that's what we expect of Nebraskans. And based on what they did then, we're here today reaping the benefits of that and projecting into the future. So you're right. It is really an exciting time. You mentioned that insight. What are some of the big things that stand out that they did then so we are able to celebrate like we are now? Really good question, and as you think about that, I think we are so very lucky to be in Nebraska where there's such a high priority on education and making sure that people are aware. Um, if you think about to the Landgrant University system in general, that system across the country was developed because in order to have an educated populace and have an educated democracy, we needed people who knew what was going on and, and who were educated and who had information. So the history of the Landgrant is that that information that was part of the land-grant system, and we sold actual land to get the money for that, would then be statewide. It wouldn't be a private system that some people didn't have access to, or it, it wouldn't be just part of the state. Statewide access to education being developed by the finest researchers in the state and, and perhaps the country and the world. So that emphasis on education in that respect and at that level coupled with, well, how do we make that fun and how do we celebrate what's going on in the state? And how do we bring people together in a community environment where we showcase some of the best of the best and some of what's new? You know, the State Fair, due to its history and just its philosophy, has been about educating people who come here, having fun as well, but what's the latest in technology? What's the latest buzz? What are some things that that people need to be thinking about and aware of? 
And you see that on the fairgrounds today as you have for the past 150 years. I challenge anyone who comes to the Nebraska State Fair who doesn't see at least something that they haven't seen before or get an idea that they haven't heard about. And that just goes hand in hand with the purpose of the university's land grant system and with the state in general. So that, that really support of education and keeping people informed and people wanting to do that, I think, is, is part of the mentality that we're so lucky to have here in Nebraska. Perfect. It's Kathleen Lodel. She is the Associate Dean of Nebraska Extension joining us here from the Nebraska State Fair for the Rural Radio Network. I'm Shaylee Peters. Corn and soybeans rebound today. Dewey Nelson on the Rural Radio Network as we talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. There has been no so-called weather premium in this corn and soybean market. Did we see some of that today? Yeah, you know, this is the time where you should see the reversal. I hate to come out and call it low here, given the the environment we sit in with trade. But, um, you know, you like to see this kind of move. Um, really, wheat wheat's the dog here, Minneapolis specifically. That broke almost a dime this morning. Came back a little into the close, but KC stayed strong, corn stayed strong. So that tells me that the feed grains are turning around a little bit on good news. I don't know how long the tooth will get here. I think Testa 380 probably gets sold by some aggressive sellers. Uh, if you haven't sold anything yet, I would probably recommend starting there. Uh, I'd like to think that, um, you know, you know, we provided some, some price action here, but um, still 30, 40 cents above where we were a year ago, and I don't know if we're going to get much more premium than that, at least at this time of the year. All right. Now, how about that November soybean contract? How do we do that as far as technicality? Well, beans both really nice action today. I mean, we broke down 850, kind of head in hand morning where it's like, what is going to get this thing moving? And then uh, all of a sudden, President Trump opens his mouth, talks about he could end this trade deal in one day if he wanted. That's what he said. And the market jumped, jumped in hogs, jumped in, in soybeans, jumped in uh, soybean meal. So uh, all in all, I think you're really looking at a trade deal for, for, for soybeans. Uh, you know, the acreage numbers that we're hearing this year are bullish. Um Next year as well, you know, you're looking at 82, 83 million acres for beans next year. You're not looking at a huge growth in carry, given that we've already factored in a loss of demand. Corn, on the other hand, and you're starting to hear this new crop acres is, is what scares me. I'm, I'm very nervous uh, for corn producers next year. Um, that's why I would be very, very aggressive getting a plan. Figure out what you want to do here, because if we get a 94 million acre number like Farm Futures talked about uh, yesterday, uh, you're looking at a 15.5 billion produce billion bushel production on uh, on trend uh, with, you know, possibly a billion in carryout growth without some more aggressive demand increases. And uh, hard red winter wheat futures made an impressive comeback. Yes, they closed lower, but off the lows, that's for sure. Yeah, I look at the Minneapolis and, and KC. I think both of them here have, have a good story uh, for the early part of the delivery cycle. Once you get past the middle part of October, I don't know how long you want to be, but the shorts are just so heavy in the market. And uh, if you can get that deferred contract for Minneapolis around 5 bucks, get the deferred contract for KC below 4 bucks. that should hold. You might you have a decent shot to make some money on that. Not saying it won't go to 390 but I think uh, so much is pushing the sh- trade to the short side. John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst, Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. Go to the website, danielsagmarketing.com. Well, that's going to do it for our midday program here on KRVN. To hear today's midday program in its entirety, go to podcasts on krvn.com.